Yes, CMHC plays in um, all markets and even in small markets because not all lenders are comfortable going to regional markets with smaller populations, but with the CMHC program, yes. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today I have Dahlia Barsoom from Streetwise Mortgages, the one and only, and we go through everything you need to know from a financing standpoint, multifamily, what the MLI Select program is with CMHC, if you guys are interested in doing some multifamily. And I think this is a great strategy moving forward as well. We talk about the new types of lender options. There are higher amortization options uh, and many, many other things. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to reach out to Streetwise. She is offering a complimentary um, assessment for multifamily, and it is going to be very thorough. So I do recommend that you guys reach out and get access to that. Uh, in addition, Inspire Beach Resort is open. Check out the website, inspirebeachresort.com. That is inspirebeachresort.com. If you are interested in booking a stay, coming to a retreat, we're going to be doing a few different types of retreats. You also have to have your Cake and Eat It 2 investor retreat in August and so much in between. And we've started doing some live events in Hamilton. So if you guys are interested in any live events, make sure you are on my mailing list, sarah at sarahlarby.com. You can send me an email or you can go on my website, sarahlarby.com. And just make sure you're subscribed because we are doing a ton of events in person, lots of networking opportunities, learning opportunities. That is at uh, in Burlington. Uh, and we're also doing some things at the resort again. So um, reach out if you need anything. And don't forget, my Instagram is Investor Sarah Larby. If you guys are on Instagram, follow me there. Now let's bring in Dahlia Barsoom. Dahlia Barsoom, Streetwise Mortgages, welcome back to, uh, I, I don't know if it's your fifth or your sixth episode with me, but uh, I always learn so much and enjoy uh, having you on. So welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Excited to be here. I, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on. I mean, it's always important to understand, you know, what is happening from a financing standpoint and where the lenders are going and what the opportunities are. Um, and I think 2023 is a year of having to pivot for for many people, uh, whether it's a reduction in cash flow, uh, qualification ability, any of that stuff. And before we hit record, you were like mentioning that there's a bunch of changes that are coming and and some that you know. Could benefit investors. Uh, so let's uh, let's maybe start with. Uh, I'm sure people know you, but maybe just like quick overview of who you are. You're also an investor, and then let's dive right into it. Yes, I am uh, the founder of Streetwise Mortgages, a boutique brokerage that works primarily with real estate investors across Canada. And our forte is helping investors scale, scale their residential portfolios and uh, scale their multifamily portfolios. And we do have a methodology on how we do that. Uh, we funded over $1 billion in uh, mortgage volume and we work with investors across the country and um, along their investment journey from starters to those who are building the real estate empire. Amazing. And you were you know, instrumental in helping me leave my nine to five job. Uh, I remember calling you, I was on the dock uh, I think it was in maybe May or June of 2020 back then. And I'm like, hey, let's refinance one last time. You know, like, what do we need to do? I'm going to get uh, get out of the corporate nine to five. So you were, you know, super, super 
you know, helpful with, with maneuvering through and helping me, uh, you know, figure that piece out. So I, I'm always grateful. <laughs> I remember that conversation. I remember it really, really well, because we're talking about what do we need to do one last time before you actually make that big transition. So uh, I remember it vividly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, all right. So now that we've, we've, you know, we're in March of, of 2023, essentially, things are changing. The rates are much higher than they were a year ago. Uh, the market has dropped. Uh, the craziness of multiple offers with cash offers, no conditions is, is gone uh, for the most part. Um, what are we seeing? What changes are you seeing that, you know, we need to know from a financing standpoint? There are a couple of things that I'd like to uh, share and make you and everyone here aware of. So, like you mentioned, qualification is tougher. Why is it tougher? It's because the interest rates have gone up and the banks and the B lenders and the A lenders are using the stress test. And right now, if you want to qualify with an A lender, um, we are basically qualifying them at about 7.5%. That's under the stress test. Under the B lenders, it's about 9%. So as you can see, it is a much higher bar to uh, jump over. So what I'm seeing, which is a very positive trend for investors who are looking to qualify, whether it's a refinance or um, as a, a purchase, are some new programs that are coming on the street that are helping ease up the pressure and make deals work. For example, there are net worth programs. So the typical way of a lender qualifying a deal is to say, okay, let's look at your income. Let's look at your debts. Uh, are your debt ratios in line with the box that that lender defined? Outside of that, if the deal doesn't qualify, it means that you have to go to the next lender or the deal gets declined. But with these programs, they're looking outside of that method and they're saying, okay, under the net worth program, can we look at your registered assets, not registered assets? Is there anything there that we can work with? And there are programs, dollar for dollar, will give you a mortgage for every dollar of net worth that you have. So let's say under the current rules, you qualify for 500,000, but you need 700,000. If you have $200,000 of liquid net worth, we can then make that deal work. So that's one program. Uh, another program is the self-employed program. Some lenders are saying, you know what? Yes, we're looking at your T1 generals and how much you paid yourself from the business, but we are willing to look inside your business for income and take a portion of that and add it to your personal income, which helps the deal. Great for self-employed clients. And then thirdly, there are programs that are giving exceptions to these numbers. So the lender is saying, you know what, I like what I'm seeing on this file. You, you, you know, I, I am comfortable with the risk. We're going to push the, 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 the numbers up. So, I, you know, it's called an exception. Okay, so GDS and TDS exceptions. And, and I don't want to use lingual language here, but GDS and TDS are the gross debt coverage and the total debt coverage, which are how the lenders look at things. My point is, um, it's a positive trend. There are new programs coming on the street that are helping make files work for investors, uh, whether it's on a rental or a primary residence right now. That is that is a good thing. Okay. Now, are these like mostly like A lenders, like trust companies, B lenders, credit unions, or a little bit of, of everything? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. They're all over the place. There are A lenders who are doing this. There are B lenders who are doing this. Um, on the B side in particular, there are lenders that are coming up with extended amortizations. They, they were at 
they came up with a 40-year amortization at some point, and now it's down to 35, but it does help also from a number standpoint. So to answer your question, it's across the board. It's not one particular lender. And this is why it's important as an investor, if, if you're talking to your bank or if you're getting a note or it's not possible or you're not getting the loan amount that you want to see, get a second opinion because that's not conventional thinking right now around how we make files work. It's not about just, okay, let's plug this into a calculator and see where it fits. No, it's about looking outside of that box to make deals work because we're in a very, very different environment with qualification right now. Yeah, absolutely. So so these are, you know, some great opportunities, I think, for purchases and, and to be able to continue. And, and, you know, when I look at the prices, I'll, I'll just take Hamilton, for example, like what we were buying back then at 700 is probably something similar. We can buy at like 500 now. Um, and it's going to be a short, in my opinion, unless the government wants to own everything. But, you know, I think it's going to be a short time of of that and, and you know, the rates where they are at some point. You know, I, I can't see them staying up this high for much longer as people are probably like at their cusp without having something. Uh, you know, as a backup. And I'm glad to hear uh, in a way that there are lenders that are considering a higher amortization to reduce the, you know, amount that you've got to put out every single month and, you know, looking at different coverage or uh, that, you know, coverage ratios as an example. Or um, so, you know, again, I think that's good. But what about when it comes to if they currently have a property and they want to refinance, like, is that still an option uh, with those same lenders? Absolutely. This works both on a refinance and a purchase. And let's say you're also, you also have a renewal coming up and those who have renewals coming up are coming out into a very different environment with rates. Some of clients are coming out of a 2% rate into a 5% rate. And if they want to look at options outside of the uh, what the current lender is offering them and they have to switch lenders. These programs are coming in handy to help qualify these switches or uh, refinances if they want to take equity out. So yeah, absolutely. Both refinances and purchases. Okay. And that's all from a residential side. Now, you you also cover not only Ontario now, you're pretty much across the country. Does that apply uh, across Canada? Yes. Yes. We're in Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, and uh, Manitoba right now. Okay. And it does apply, yes. Amazing, amazing. So now that you're, you, you've got investors across the country, like, are you able to share a little bit about like what, you know, what strategies still make sense today? Uh, maybe what, what areas still might make sense? Um, I'm just, I'm just curious because you see all the deals coming through and you probably see a lot, my guess is you see a lot less than there used to be in, you know, last year or the year before, but you're still seeing some stuff to come through. What, what seems to be working for investors these days? I'm seeing a lot more and uh, many more transactions in the multifamily space, five units and above. And I'm not surprised to see that because there are some new programs that are now available on the street through CMHC for investors who are building uh, or purchasing or renovating a five units and above. There is... Um, a new program called the MLI Select, which I can highlight the benefits of shortly, but the cost of money, believe it or not, under a commercial space in the commercial sandbox right now is cheaper than the cost of money on the residential side. There are options with 
much higher loan to values up to 95%. Uh, there are options with extended amortizations up to 50 years and the rates are in the four point something versus five point something. And when you have multiple units that, you know, the numbers could still work. So I'm seeing more and more investors uh, step into that space right now. Uh, I'm still seeing deals in the one to four units, uh, but as a trend, I'm seeing more movement in, in that five units and above. So that's a strategy that is currently, uh, seems to be working. And I mean, we run the numbers and we see the deals, so we could see that there's still cash flowing under these programs. Um, I'm seeing buy and holds, long-term buy and holds. Yes, the rates are high, higher, higher. It's all relative, right? Yeah. The prices, to your point, are cheaper. So in Hamilton, now you're buying at 500000 So the rate increase, the, the reduction in price is offsetting the rate increase. So for those investors who are picking up deals and uh, are intending to hold for the long term and they do have ways to continue to beef up that income, they're still, you know, these deals still make sense. I'm not seeing a lot of flips. I'm not seeing... Probably not. I mean... It it's, it's that's a very risky strategy, I think, right now. Yes, I agree. Not seeing flips, not seeing any aggressive buy, renovate, refinances. Like I'm seeing investors buy properties and they are renovating them. However, um, they are thinking, you know what? I am okay keeping my money in the deal for a while if the prices don't pick up. Like they're prepared for that, which is the right mindset given the environment we're in. Yeah. And then private lending. I'm seeing a lot of private lending too. Okay. So I want to talk about private lending, but before before we do that, you're so you're talking about like just some smaller burrs, some smaller renos. But I think it's it's important to say because like gone are the days where and even back then it was still rare where you're like burring completely and pulling all your money out and then you're making money. Like, I mean, like even back then that was like, you know, one in five, one in 10, maybe that you're going to like go out completely. There's always something left in the deal, but your ROI on even just, you know. 10% of your original money was still very, very good. Yeah. Um, but now I think it's just like we have to be prepared for depending on what the ARV value comes back, the after repair value comes back at, you know, you may have to wait another couple of years and do a second refi down the road. Um, and I think that's just something we all have to be prepared for. Uh, and the market will, you know, cycle again and it'll go up again and it'll go down again. It'll go up again. But, um, you know, I do think that like when you look at the overall picture, your ARV is going to be lower. Your purchase price is going to be lower. Yes, your rates are higher, you know, but your your mortgage and your like, you know, expenses and your income is probably going to be the same as it was prior. Um, and if not, the rents are actually, in my opinion, are going to be going up anyways. Um, but let's go. Let's talk about private lending. What are you seeing from a, a private lending perspective? So private lending has uh, always been there, but there is an increase in uh, demand for private money in some cases because it's tougher to qualify on the A or the B side. Um, I am uh, seeing private lenders earn a higher return. I mean, no surprises there because some private lenders are also borrowing, let's say, from their line of credits to lend money to, to investors. So uh, on the passive side of things, I am uh, seeing uh, lenders come forward with options to lend, but the cost of money is has gone up, um, but it is a strategy right now that some investors and lenders are using to let their money work for them while they uh, keep an eye on the market and 
uh, eventually they're going to mature and put that money into deals. So it's just a, a, a way or a stepping stone to, to let the capital work for you temporarily while you are uh, shopping or keeping an eye on the market, but also some investors are using it to offset some cash flow pressures because through private lending, you're generating immediate cash flow and they're using that to offset some shortages on their portfolios as a result of the interest rate increases. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you still seeing that these lenders are are going, you know, up to 80% loan to value or are you starting to see the loan to values come down a bit, like from a, a lender perspective? Um, I'm finding that they're cautious for sure. They're more cautious, but there is still loan to values at 80%. I am not seeing loan to values at 90 or higher LTVs, uh, but um, yeah, there is there is quite a bit of 80%, but they're just a little bit more cautious in terms of wanting to know more about the deal and, and how they're going to hedge the risk. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes sense. What about like construction financing? Like, what are you seeing these days for somebody that does, you know, for example, they do a 80% loan to value in, in some capacity and they also want, you know, some funds for renovations? Like, what are you, what kind of programs are available now that nowadays? So there is a little bit of uh, scarcity around construction financing in the residential space and the multifamily space is a little different because we, we use CMHC and we use, um, like it's it's bigger pockets to to construct in the construction space in in the multifamily space, on the residential space, which is one to four units. Um, I am seeing up to eighty um, percent still of uh, as complete value, and uh, there are lenders who are giving renovations money, but they have to be they have to secure their capital somewhere. It's it's you know cross collateral across other properties in the portfolio, let's say. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Experience Inspire Beach Resorts. It is the resort that we have been building and it is ready. So if you are looking to host events, team building opportunities, retreats of your own, and just even potentially hang out with your friends or family or colleagues. You can rent out a cabin. You can rent out the entire resort. Inspire Beach Resort, it is an adults only. It is Canada's only themed resort specifically for adults. And the themes are really nice. They're really upscale. Like you have like the beach theme. You've got a rustic lodge theme and a vintage Hollywood. And we are adding more every year. But there is uh, an awesome space that is on the water to host your retreats, your events, your business meetings, planning meetings, all of that good stuff. So check that out, inspirebeachresorts.com. Now back to the show. Got it. So the loan would be on as a second mortgage on something else that they have equity for as an example. And then they would pull that money out and use it towards renovations. Exactly. Exactly. All right, got it. So let's let's switch over to to the wonderful MLI Select CMHC program. I love that. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity uh, and and really, ultimately, when I actually look at the the money input versus the like you know uh, bar conversion, it's actually fairly similar because of the type of lending that you can get when you get into that space. Um, so so what is the MLI Select program like? Why you know why would CMHC be something of our you know useful for investors to to consider? So here are the benefits of the MLI Select to investors right now. Number one, 
So, so before I actually get into the benefits, I just want to mention quickly that CMHC has come up with this program to uh, increase the availability of affordable housing to ensure that housing is uh, more environmentally friendly and to improve the accessibility in housing. So these are CMHC's primary objects, objectives. And to do so, they've come up with this point system. Uh, and if you score on the point system because you're choosing to uh, provide a, a, a affordable housing or any of the two other uh, buckets, then you get perks. And these perks include an increase to the to value, a reduced CMHC premium, a better rates, um, extended amortization. So for you as an investor, um, you want to aim to get to 100 points under this program. And the minimum to get into the program is 50 points. I'm going to touch briefly on the three buckets, but the benefits, back to the benefits. So what are the benefits? Increased loan to value up to 95% of the value when you're doing a refinance or a purchase. And that's, and that's huge. Like that could be like a lot of cash out and then potentially, this is how you could potentially do a full burr and with extra on top. Yes, exactly. So you can get up to 95% loan to value in the one to four property space. You can't, right? The maximum loan to value, unless you use private money, is 80%. So 25% loan to value up to 95% loan to value, which reduces your skin in the game or gets you to take more money out uh, under a refinance or a purchase. Under a construction program, you can get up to 100% loan to cost. Loan to cost. So if you're building for $3 million, you can qualify for that full $3 million under this program if you score high. So higher loan, higher loan to values, extended amortizations, you can get up to 50-year amortization. And what does that mean? That means bad account. And lots, of, lots more cash flow. So this is how you could potentially replace all the cash flow that you've lost from long-term tenants in some of your smaller deals. Yes. I, I mean, you can definitely generate cash flow there to offset something else in your portfolio for sure. And then thirdly, uh, reduce insurance premiums. Anytime you deal with CMHC, whether you're dealing on the residential side or the commercial side, there is a, an insurance premium that gets added to your loan. So if you're borrowing, let's say $3 million, there is a percentage, depending on how far you go with the loan to value that gets added to the loan and every month you pay for it. So under this program, they reduce their premiums. Under their old programs, their premiums used to get to close to 4%. Now it's closer to 2 point something percent. So like half, 50% discount kind of, right? And then 30, thirdly, you're getting better rates. And they're, because they're trying to incentivize investors to do this, uh, they're a little bit more lenient, I would say, on their debt coverage. The debt coverage is the building's ability to carry the debt. It used to be... Uh, 1.3, now it's 1.1, meaning they're allowing the ability to qualify for more money, essentially. Mm -hmm. that's really it. So uh, these are all fantastic benefits to investors. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I know for, for our building that we're doing, um, the energy efficiency one was a no-brainer. Um, you know, the mobility piece, like for the, because I think you can only get a 30 points max, but correct me if I'm wrong, you know, this much better than me. Um, the difference between the 50, you know, plus to add the 30 points was not that significant. You'd have to really get to, like you said, a hundred. 
But then when you look at the um, you know, amount of units and then the rents that you've got to discount, then you've got to factor that into your DCR to see if you're going to get the max refi out and all of that stuff. So sometimes it makes sense to do it all and get the 100 points. Um, and I know there's other ways that you maybe you can share how to get to the 100 points and in, in your, you know, what you see and what the best way to do it. But, you know, there's 50, there's there's thresholds. Right. And and some of it makes more sense than others. You just have to see what makes sense for your building and, and on the refi what makes sense as well. Yes. So under the uh, affordability, there are three buckets of how you earn points under the energy efficiency is the same thing under the accessibility it's only two buckets so to your point if you want to get to the 100 points you cannot just do it based on accessibility you have to compare to, to combine accessibility with energy efficiency or with affordability under but under affordability alone you can under energy efficiency alone you can but also what I what I do with investors is we always want to look at the pros and cons to your point, right? So as much as this sounds great, you know, let's do the affordability program and get to 50-year amortization, you are committing under affordability to keep the rents within a certain band at or below 30% of the median renter's income for the area for 10 years. Yeah, let's repeat that. 10 years. 10 years. <laughs> What does that do? Well, it does cap your values, right? Because at the end of the day, in apartment buildings, the valuation is driven by your net operating income, which your rents play a big role into. So you're right. It does cap your future valuation. So we always have to weigh the benefits and, and the costs. It's going to help you significantly on the cash flow, but what are you giving away in return, right? So... It's not for every investor, but it is it is a program that is available for those who are good playing in these sandboxes and it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think there is like more appetite even from private lenders to lend on this type of program, understanding what the exit's going to look like uh, versus, you know, maybe a duplex conversion at this point. Yes. I, when When I go to a private lender and say, hey, here is a letter of interest on how we're going to exit this deal with CMHC. And it's it's X Y Z. They see it. They're more comfortable lending on on that deal. Let's say for for renovations or a conversion, knowing that they're going to be paid out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now, is this a program? I'm assuming the answer is yes. But is this a program that is cr like across Canada, like even including Quebec? Yes, CMHC plays in um, all markets and even in small markets because. Not all lenders are comfortable going to regional markets with smaller populations, but with the CMHC program, yes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, obviously the MLI program is what, just, what is it, a year, a year old, roughly, the MLI one? Less than a year old, yeah. Less than a year old. And and we think it's the, the you know, I, to me, to me, it's like where some of the future pivoting needs to go into, into that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think it's also important to, to work with, uh, professionals along the way to make sure that you actually get points. Uh, so, we, you know, we hired a Evna Engineering as an example to like guide us through, um, you know, the energy efficiency stuff that we've got to do so that at the end you're not like, oops, I forgot to do this and that. And then you don't get the points. Can you walk us through how like some of that works? Yes. Yeah, so on the energy efficiency front or accessibility front, you have to work with qualified professionals uh, who would 
uh, guide you through the process and prepare the report for CMHC and then say, okay, in order to, let's say, increase your efficiency by 15% uh, from where you are right now, here is what you need to do. And here is how much it's going to cost you in order to improve it by 25%. Here is what it takes and so on. So you want them to come in uh, to guide you through that process and help you zoom on the right things that are going to make a difference at the end of the day. And these professionals are uh, certified engineers. You're talking to architects, certified, certified engineering technologists, and certified energy managers, but that's essentially the process you go through. You may have some ideas on what you need to do, but you need them by your side to guide you uh, and to help you also cost it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And these are longer projects as well, usually, right? So, um, and, and many of them, you're not starting off with CMHC, you're exiting with CMHC. Can you share why we're doing that? So if you have an existing property, are you referring to an existing property that you own and you're looking to exit with CMHC? So basically like something that you're purchasing, you probably wouldn't purchase it with CMHC right away. Yes. Uh, you just exit with CMHC. And I think that there is, you know, sometimes people are like, yeah, I'm just going to buy it and I'd like to go through CMHC to start with. But there's, it's not always that easy <laughs> yes. or, or, exactly. or the best route for many reasons, which I, I think you'll explain. Yes. Well, CMHC it takes a long time to approve your files. So what's, what's a long time, just so we get an idea? Is it six months? Is it nine months? Is it three months? No, it's, it's, I would say anywhere from six to 12 weeks. Okay. We approve a deal. And when you are trying to get a CNC approval on a purchase, it's very, very stressful. And not all sellers are willing with these, willing to work with these timelines. So the solution to this is to do something called bridge financing. So we go to a lender who works with CMHC, but also provides in-term financing at interest only to acquire the building. So let's say you have a building that you're looking to buy and we ran the numbers and we know that you would qualify under the MOI select at 95%, okay? Let's say it's at 95%. We would go and get bridge financing interest-only loan to help you close on the building. That bridge is not going to be at 95%. That bridge is going to be at 75, 70% interest-only payment, typically at prime plus two, um, and it will help you close. And then that lender will take that deal to CMNC now that they have time to pay out that bridge. So it allows you to close. Yes, there is an extra cost. It's not going to be 95%. But when the CNC financing comes in, it's going to get you to 95%. So it's a two-way approach to get to a CMHC on a purchase. Obviously, when you have a refinance, you've got time on your side. So you're not, you're not under that, you know, time crunch. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks, thanks for sharing. So I think you're offering also uh, some consultation on multifamily. Like, walk us through what that looks like. You've always been very generous with your time uh, when, when people were looking to do, uh, you know, their analysis for for um, you know, residential stuff, but now you've also branched into commercial. Um, so maybe share, share a little bit on that. Sure. So as you know, Sarah, we, we've always had our financing roadmap, uh, methodology that helped investors scale up their residential portfolios. And it's been complementary for years where we help investors, uh, design a roadmap to scale up their residential portfolio. Now we have the equivalent of this financing roadmap in the multifamily space, and it's called the multifamily level up. 
and we provide guidance, we provide the roadmap, and we help with funding. So it's um, it's a seven uh, pillars methodology where we do uh, the following. Again, complementary for investors who are looking to step into this space or investors who already have multi that want to take it to the next level. And here is what we do. Uh, we sit down with you and look at your multifamily goals. Uh, what type of properties you think you're going to focus on? Um, your strategy, are you going to do a burr? Are you doing to build something? Are you going to look for turnkeys? Uh, what condition, what market? Because that defines the parameters that will determine in a way the type of financing that we will eventually seek. And then we want to look at your portfolio holistically. So the benefit that we bring to investors right now is that we have a very strong um, residential team in income properties and a strong commercial team in multifamily. So we're able to bring these advisors together to look at your situation holistically and look at it from a lender standpoint, a commercial lender standpoint. What do they look for? They want to see networks. They want to see your capital sources. If you're bringing people to the deal, they want to see certain structures, personal guarantees, your experience. So we say, okay, where are you today with these things that the lender needs? We identify the gaps. We help you close these gaps proactively, and then we help you get ready from a paperwork standpoint because there's quite a bit to actually uh, get ready for. And then you're hitting the ground running looking at deals. And as we look at deals, we help you crunch your numbers. So Dahlia, what, what is, is my debt coverage in line here? Do you think this option will qualify for this program? Here is, here is what I'm thinking from an acquisition standpoint. Here is my plan. Here is what I want to do on exit. We help you validate these things going into the deal. We've even started doing pre-approval letters for certain investors who want to be more competitive uh, with sellers. And then um, we help you finally with structuring and we make sure that your deal is structured with the optimal cost of money and that you're able to, to exit at the end of the day. So that is a comprehensive, uh, complementary uh, planning and execution framework for investors who are looking to play in that sandbox. I mean, to me, that's a value of like a few thousand dollars. So the fact that you're doing it complementary is, is amazing. Is there like a, a limit to the amount of people that, that can call in and get this? Of course, of course, there is a limit. Yes, I am a big believer that I am always about providing quality advice and quality service. So you know, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, it's unlimited and I want to make sure you get the service, you get the advice. So, of course, there is a capacity for this. Amazing. If somebody does want you to help them uh, maneuver through just everything that you mentioned there, uh, what is the best way to reach out to you and your team? Info at streetwisemortgages.com and they can mention uh, the Level Up multifamily service. Amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great service, and you've always been very very generous, uh, and your with your your and your team's time to to help us, and you know it's definitely a, a tight knit community, and and you are up there with uh, the best uh, brokers uh, in I believe in Canada, uh, and and you're able to maneuver through many things, and I think that that you know is one of the reasons why people need to be very careful with who they have on their team as they grow and as they change, like just like realtors, right? I mean, there's tons, there's tons of mortgage brokers as well, but many of them are not well-versed in all of the different ways to scale, help investors. And they're maybe just like, hey, you want a mortgage or two? Sure, they can help you. But it's really like as you're scaling and as you're growing, you do want somebody that is going to be able to grow with you and then maneuver, whether it's private lending, private money borrowing, um, multifamily, the MLI Select program, which I think is like up there with one of my favorite strategies right now, um, you know, and everything in between. So 
I think that is important. Just like everybody else on your team, make sure that they can grow and, and expand with you based on your goals. And I think that you and your team are doing a great job helping us investors with that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, we've built our entire practice, advice, solutions around the real estate investors journey to help them actually go along their journey as smoothly as possible, achieve their goals and scale up. So we work, like I said, with everybody from the start of their journey to the state where they're building an empire and help them there. And I mean, I've got investors who are doing $60 million construction apartment buildings. And you're talking about, you know, uh, GP, LP structures, complex capital raising structures to investors who are getting their fingers wet in the market. So we, we've got that support infrastructure to help everybody along their journey. And, and we love it. I love seeing the transition. Uh, every time I, you know, I, I reflect on our journey together and I remember we had this TD discussion when you were buying your third property and you're like, why am I putting 30% down? And look at you now with your, right. you know, resort and the commercial to residential conversion and all of the cool things you're doing. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, this is, you know, as investors, we need a team around us that have, you know, more knowledge and the ability to help us get to our goals. And that's, that's, you know, you were instrumental. So I really definitely appreciate you taking me from three properties where I was having to put, I think it was actually 35% down back in the day to having a resort, um, doing building conversions uh, and lots and lots of things in between. So thank you so much, Dahlia. I really, really appreciate uh, you being on the show. I'm sure we'll have you tons more. And guys, if you enjoy the weekly tips as well from Dahlia, reach, her, reach out to them and, and let them know. Or if you want to hear about a certain tip as well, um, let, uh, let Dahlia know and then she can talk about, uh, you know, some of those awesome suggestions on the next podcast. Yeah, I would love to actually hear from the audience about the things they want to hear about. And I will put it out there and share with you uh, guys on a weekly basis. So yeah, info at streetwisemortgages.com. Email me and I'll, I'll allow I'll uh, record it and uh, send it out. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dahlia. You're, uh, you're an awesome guest as always. Really appreciate you being on. My pleasure, Sarah. I want to mention something quickly before we wrap up, if sure. you don't mind, because it's a benefit to everyone here. Um, there is, you asked me at the beginning of the show about the trends with lending. There's a new lender that has come to the broker channel and is available to Streetwise that uh, investors need to pay attention to H HSBC. And they're offering uh, better rates on the market and also cashback incentives uh, for investors that are doing deals with HSBC. They're an investor-friendly lender. Uh, and I wanted to put it out there because I know some investors are coming into their renewal cycles and they may want to consider this lender as a better option because they have good offers for real estate investors and they can go, they work with, with portfolios up to 12 properties. So they're friendly that way. So I just wanted to put it out there so um, people don't miss out, but th that, that's it. H HS HSBC, and that, that's new, and they're across the country, I, I believe, as well, national, um, across Canada. And uh, that's good. I mean, that's good to know because, you know, the the more, you know, that that we struggle, the more answers you, you seem to come up with and, and the more options. So thank you so much, Dahlia. Um, Streetwise Mortgages, guys, reach out to them and, and uh, either you can, you know, just have a brief conversation. You can do the complimentary uh, multifamily, um, you know, service that Dahlia was was mentioning. Um, but I will tell you, it's definitely worth going, uh, you know, and, and getting a good mortgage broker on your team that can actually grow with you based on all the different things that you want to do. 
stop going to the bank, guys. The banks are not there to help you. They help themselves. So on that note, Dahlia, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.